Are you ready to take your message, your business, and your life to the next level? Want to learn from someone with more than a decade of experience, training tens of thousands of people from all around the world? Hi, Cliff. This is Pauline from Auckland, New Zealand. John from Calgary, Alberta. Amy Porterfield. Michael Hyatt. Dan here from Dunedin, New Zealand. Ray Edwards. Mark Mason. Mike Stelzner. Pat from Smart Passive Income. It's Darren from Melbourne, Australia. Now is the time to live the life of your dreams and do the work you feel most called to do in the world. Welcome to the Cliff Ravenscraft Show. Here's your host, Cliff Ravenscraft. That's right, my friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Cliff Ravenscraft Show. And I am super excited to continue my series of conversations with folks who I am sharing my stage with at Free the Dream in September for the Free the Dream Conference, Franklin, Tennessee, September 7th, 8th, and 9th. If you haven't gone yet, head over to freethedream.live. Learn all you can about the event. If you have any questions, you can certainly reach out to me and I'll answer them. And uh, But today, I'm excited to introduce to you guys, for those of you who may not already know who Leslie is, uh, my great friend... And he's a member of the Green Room Mastermind, Leslie Samuel. Leslie, how are you, brother? I am doing fantastic. Man, I, so you listen to the podcast, you hear the intro music, but it's still different when you're on here live looking at Cliff's face and you're just hearing that beat going, man. I'm, I'm ready to go. <laughs> Dude, that, that music makes me come alive. It's like, hey, I know it's time to hit record. And I'm in a special place in my mind and in my mm. heart and in my soul when I'm actually speaking into a microphone or creating content for that matter. It, it, it's something different, right? I, I, I remember once I did an interview with someone and, uh, you know, right before the interview, I were ta- we were talking, how you doing, man? I'm tired and yada, yada, yada. And then I started the music and then I was like, hey, welcome to the... And, she, and the person was like, whoa, what's going on? I thought you were tired. <laughs> it, it's something special, man. It's something special. It, I think we were created for this. Uh, you, you and I specifically, I think a lot of other people as well, it's, it's just like... Uh, my friend, and he used to be my pastor, Chad Cadell. I'll never forget the time I, when I was telling him, I was like, man, I have this dream. I, I keep dreaming. I wonder what life would be like if I could just get rid of my careers and in insurance and pursue this content creation stuff on, you know, as a full-time career. He goes, why don't you? And I'm like, well, well, for obvious reasons, hello, money. Uh, I've got three young kids who could risk all of this. to pay. Yeah, it's like, what are you talking about? But Cliff, you don't understand. It's like, I've, I have, I've sat in your studio and we've recorded episodes for this Watermark podcast, which was the church that he pastored. Yeah. I, I used to host that show for him. And he goes, but dude, I've known you for years. And it's only when you get behind that microphone that you become fully alive yeah, I, I, and it's interesting how that happens right because um i never thought about podcasting or n- maybe you know when you're a, a child you think about you know being a radio dj but i never really thought about it seriously but when i think back to myself as a child and where i got energized i remember taking some students into the library and teaching them teaching them chemistry and teaching them things that they were struggling with and there was something about you know helping others and serving others in that way that just got me energized and it's funny to look back and see kind of the signs 
that th- this is what you're supposed to be doing. And and I find that exciting, encouraging, rewarding, all that good stuff, man. Wait a second. Did I just hear you correctly, Leslie? You said as a child, you remember taking kids into the library I and do. teaching them chemistry? I do. What? And here's the thing. I was a bad student. So it wasn't like it wasn't like I was doing like um, I mean, I, I, I understood what the teacher was teaching. And I remember being in, um, well, like early high school. And I remember taking students in the library because they had questions and I understood it, even though I I sucked at the classroom stuff um, and me just helping them. And it's interesting to see how those same things that I was doing back then are the things that I'm I'm basically getting paid to do now. Right. So here's something I love about this, Leslie, and, and this is a life lesson for anyone listening, is in the environment of the classroom and when it came to quote unquote taking tests and fitting into the mold, mm-hmm. you weren't the star student. You didn't have the high grades or anything like that. But you you had some understanding that was just beyond other people in your class. And and you said, you know what? I don't know it all, and I'm not getting straight A's in this class. But I do know what you're struggling with, and exactly. I've I've already mastered that concept. And all I want to do is help you in areas that I've mastered. And that and that's exactly it. And and for me, it was more of a when I think about it now, I didn't fully fit within the system. I remember when, when I took um, piano lessons, this is just a, a random example. When I took piano lessons and um, I, I absolutely hated them. And the reason I hated them is because I went to this place and they would tell me, I want you to hit this note in this way at this time. And I would, I just wanted to play, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and, and I wanted to play what I felt. So I, I quit within a year, but I continued the piano because I absolutely love it. And I think there are there, there, there are times when maybe we don't fit within the system, but that does not mean that we can't thrive with that thing that that energizes us, even though we may not get the grades that are reflecting what our passion is. And I, I think th- I think that's an exciting thing, man. It reminds me of a conversation I just had with my dad recently. Uh, and we were talking about school and, and the different formats and stuff like that. And I, he, he's like, man, Cliff, I'm so proud of you and all that you have built in your business and just the way that you have used all of this technology to figure it all out and that, you know, you found a way to teach. And I said, and it, and it got me to thinking, it's interesting Leslie, to this day, I have never read a single book on technology. <laughs> Not in my lifetime, I have never read a single book on a computer. I've never read an owner's manual to a computer. And I, I and in this conversation with my dad, I said, you know, to the to my recollection, I've never had a class. I've never taken a class on how to do. Th- and I said, no, that's not correct. I do remember my second semester of college, I did sign up for a computer class. And I was super... Now, by the way, I'm like, gosh, 19 years old, 18, 19 years old when I signed up for this computer class Uh at Northern Kentucky University. And I'd I'd taken my first computer apart when I was six years old. 
and put it back together. And I taught myself how to program basic. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. I, I know a little bit about computers by this point. I'm, matter of fact, I'm already hand coding HTML files and creating my own index.html and my own archive.html. Yeah. Oh, before there was anything called blogging, we were doing yep. online hand coded web journals. So this is me and I'm getting ready to take my first computer class Uh i walk into the classroom on the first day and i noticed there was something missing Mm. there wasn't a single computer in the classroom (laughs) but i had a book that i had to pay like 80 dollars for that was three inches thick Oh, man. And I literally attended two classes. I went to the office of the registrar or whatever that place is, and I said, (laughs) I would like to uh, withdraw from this class. And I went and sold my book back to the bookstore. I said, no way. You are not going to put me into a computer class where I can't touch a computer. So my, you talk about this computer class in college, right? I took a computer tools class in college back when I wasn't doing well in college. And for us, it was the exact opposite. We had a great teacher with computer. We actually had computers and all that stuff. And I remember getting so excited about like, you know, setting up my website and the HTML that when we got to that section, I built a website that was so far beyond what we had to do in the class just because it was actually something that I was excited about. I get to create something. So it's just it's interesting to kind of think back on those times and reflect and see how these different things that we experience at different points in our lives. We, we kind of leverage those to become the person that we are called to be. And I think that's just such an exciting thing. Yeah, that, that's, you know, that's one of the things that we, we teach people because you, you coach and mentor people in how to build a profitable business around the work that they love as well. I, I obviously do that as well. And one of the things we say is like, listen, in what areas are you already helping people? In, yes. are, in what areas are you already adding value to mm-hmm. other people's lives. What are your natural gifts, talents, abilities, your experience, your areas of expertise? And and when you and you look back and just if you were to think about the last 3 to 6 months in your email inbox, mm-hmm. if you were to put together a list of the top 10 questions people ask you for your advice on, there's a great chance there's an opportunity for a business there. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what I find is that, you know, we we have this mistaken idea that, yeah, okay, yeah, but that's what I'm excited about. And that's what I help people with. And, you know, but, but now I need to, I need to, I need to build something that, that will pay the bills. So I need to do something different. Yeah. Or, 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 you know, okay, let's be a little more realistic with what we're able to do because yeah all I all I enjoy doing is painting and obviously people can't make money painting right and I think we have this mistaken notion that we cannot take the thing that we are passionate about and build a successful thriving business around it and I think it's because we've been conditioned to think that there's a certain way that you have to do things and it, there's not there's not a specific way that you have to do it that looks like the way everyone else is doing it. And if you're doing what everyone else is doing, then you're going to get what everyone else is getting. And that's not what I want for myself. 
Well, that's exactly right. A lot of reasons why people think there's just no way I could make a living doing fill in the blank is because, well, a majority of the people who would love to do this, let's just say it's maybe even 95 to 98% of the people out there fail. Yeah. All right. And you've, we've all heard the business st- st- statistics, how many businesses yep. fail within the first year. And it goes all the way up to like 98% by the end yep. of the 10 years. So the so we were, we're conditioned, as you said, to think that this won't work. Well, the problem is, is that you're, we're focusing on what doesn't work mm-hmm. and, and, we're, and we let what a majority of the people, an overwhelming majority of the people have not been able to achieve. And we see that and we just, we give up any idea of pursuing that as a desire or as a dream. We, we smash that dream way down inside of us and say, that's not responsible. However... If we instead say, well, wait a second, but there are 2% or maybe yep. even in some places, 5% of the people who not only have found a way to do it and love it, but they're wildly profitable at it. Definitely. But imagine what life would be like if more of us would spend time as a student studying what it was that those two to 5% did to succeed. What actions did they take? And even probably even more importantly, what mindset did they have? Have you ever heard of this podcast called How I Built This? Oh yeah, I love that podcast. I love it too. I only listen to about half of the episodes though. Yeah. Uh, and the the episodes that I listen to are when it when the title shows a brand of a company that I immediately recognize. Yeah, like yeah. there was Southwest Airlines and um there I think Airbnb was, and and a number of those yeah. Yeah, the the big ones, the ones that I know and recognize as oh my gosh, that's a major brand. I would love to hear how that thing got built. Yeah. And there's a recurring theme of, uh, I would say, out of nine out of 10 of the episodes that I actually listened to of that podcast, the, the host of the show, he, he's like blown away. It's like, wait a second. You mean you had no experience? You had no clue about this industry? <laughs> and almost every single one of them say this. Yes. And that was my greatest asset going oh, in is man. that I didn't know what, 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 I didn't know what shouldn't have worked. Exactly. And, and, they, and so many of them will say, listen, I'm so glad I did not hire an expert to come in and give me advice because experts, what they typically do is they come in and tell you what to avoid yes. because these things don't work. Exactly. And, and that's what we call what I've learned since is a global belief. It's, it's a belief that you've seen a couple different times, and, and because it's been reinforced Reinfo- enough for yep. you, you now believe that those things, those actions will never work for anyone. Yeah, and you know what's interesting, right? Now, I'm a, I'm a parent. Uh, we have two kids. And the more, I'm, the more I realize how much we've been conditioned to think in a certain way that in my mind breeds mediocrity – the more I think about my kids and I'm like, man, how do I want my kids to grow up in this world? What, what experiences do I want them to have? How do I want them to look at failure? What do I want them to do when they fail or when something doesn't go the way that they, 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 they expect it to go or that they wish that it would go? And, and it makes me a little more 
skeptical about putting them in a traditional system where it reinforces those kinds of belief. And, you know, this is something that I wrestle with. My wife and I, we wrestle with this concept and how do we best guide our kids to know that they can do what they, you know, what they feel called to do and no one can stop them. It's about, you know, where you, cho- how you choose to invest your time how you learn from your mistakes, how you learn from others that are doing these amazing things. And it makes me want to it makes me want to make myself better so that I can help them be awesome human beings. I, I agree. And of course, my kids being in the public system, school system, educational system, um, I was a little bit concerned there for a little while with with one of my children who seemingly got really uh, gosh, brain! I, I will use the full-on word brainwashed. Brain, yeah, uh, with with the critical path that's required for success in life, which is the you know higher education, college yep. degree, blah da da blah da. We're not going to go in that con- We're not going to go in that direction. <laughs> but the thing is, is is I think that the question is how how can we protect our kids from being brainwashed in that way to 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 con- to continue to allow them to buy into the belief system that leads to mediocrity to just hmm. you know live wish away your life put in invest 5 days a week so that you can enjoy 2 days a week called the weekend yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so uh, i think you and i have have got one thing up on on this thing and that is that we are living it you know we yeah. we are living it we are a living breathing example of what's possible and and I think that that's the greatest thing that we can do for our kids is to show them that one thing I'm doing, Leslie, now that my kids are, my daughter is now 18 years old, Megan. She just graduated from high school. She's yep. getting ready. She is going to go to Western Kentucky University in the fall, but she just started working for me. So she's yeah. now working with me in my business, will be all summer long. And she she's getting to she's getting to listen in on to some mentoring calls, some mastermind calls, and and she's seeing the she's she's going to conferences with me, and she's getting nice. to see an entire world that she never knew existed by just going to school every day. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, so my son is starting to see this as well. My daughter McKenna as well. And so that I think that's the most exciting part. Yeah, you know, I, it, when I think about it, it's it's to me it's kind of a call to to live your best life. Like for us personally because you never know whose lives you can impact, whether that's your children, whether that's the people that follow you on social media. And I know we've had conversations about this even recently about sharing your journey as you are actually going out there and doing things. And one thing I want to point out is that it's not always, you know, you hear us on these podcasts and we're optimistic, optimistic, we're positive and so on. And in my opinion, we have a lot going for us where that's concerned. But there are those times where you feel more challenged and, and, and times where you second guess and you doubt yourself and Absolutely. you need that encouragement. And, and just a few days ago, I sent you a message on, uh, on, um, on my phone saying, hey, Hey, when when you have a second, I, w- I would like to have a chat with you. And then all of a sudden, there was a FaceTime call within like two seconds. And we had to have one of those conversations where it's, yo, this is what I'm struggling with in my business as I am trying to build my platform. 
and we, 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 we're there to encourage each other. And that helps you to get beyond those things. I think it's, it's necessary because we're all human and we all face discouragement sometimes. So uh, I, like to, I like to share the positive, but also there are times when it's not as easy. Yeah. And you do need that encouragement. And that's why it's so awesome to surround yourself with the people that are doing awesome things that can encourage you and hold you up when you feel like you may fall or fall by the wayside or whatever the case might be. Attending, you say your daughter is going to be coming to conferences with you. I think that's amazing because there you meet so many awesome people that can be there for you on this journey. Yeah, absolutely. So anybody who's coming to Podcast Movement, uh, and I think it's just a couple of weeks away. Uh, so Megan's coming to podcast movement. She'll be at nice. free the dream as well. Um, she'll be at social media marketing world 2019 with me. So, awesome. And yeah, so she's definitely attending these events. Uh, and, and it, it's incredible. So, Hey, you know, real quick, uh, mentioning that I, I used to share a whole lot more of the struggle in a podcast mm-hmm. I did back in the day called pursuing a balanced life. And it's funny because just recently I had a conversation with another speaker and we, and the title of the episode was called It's Friday. And I told a story of how I walked into Planet Fitness. Guy asked me, Cliff, how you doing? Or he didn't say my, say my name. He says, hey, how's it going today? And I said, awesome. How are you? And he says, it's Friday. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> and, and, and we didn't have much more exchange after that. But we, I was just talking with, in the, I think it was actually the episode that will get released right before this one with Daphne. And I, I'm like, man, I can't even remember what life was like. But I know for a fact I used to, I used to struggle with that. I used, yep. to, I used to wish away my weeks so that I could live for the weekend. And what's amazing is you talk about, you know, you say, I, I like to share the positive, but when, I also like to be authentic about when, you know, yeah. I'm struggling. And, and I've, I've always made it a point to share both. See, I'm not a... I, I'm not afraid, and I oftentimes get judged for how much I share when things are going awesome. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I hesitate to say. I hesitate to say. Unfortunately, today, these days, my life is a whole lot more awesome than there is struggle. <laughs> and the only ways I, reason I say unfortunately is because I'm sharing my life consistently yeah. day by day, and so a majority of what I'm sharing is me excited about how awesome it is, which leads to a lot more judgment. Yes, yes. But with that being said, I still am very authentic when when I struggle. And what's funny is I went back into the archives and I found an episode of Pursuing a Balanced Life from March of 2007. Guess what the title of that episode was? What was it? It's Friday. <laughs> and I, I listened to that episode and I, and I started, oh my gosh, guys. <laughs> I'm so glad it's Friday. What a horrible, stress-filled, unfulfilled week that I've had. It, this is the... <laughs> this weekend could not come soon enough, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that was me. And I listened to a couple episodes after that, like weeks worth of like my journey. And my life was consistently like that day after day after day until finally, I f- and, and here's the interesting thing about being able to share that journey and being authentic about it, Leslie. Uh-huh. I discovered there were two questions I asked myself. And when I started asking myself two questions, my life completely shifted forever. Oh, what are those questions? Let us know. Let us know. Number one, (laughs) what is it that I want out of life? Mm. 
What or what do I want? You could even just but but what do I want out of life? Yeah. And the second question is, what would it take for me to experience that in life? Mm. Though as soon as I asked those two questions, number one, it was tough to ask the question, "What do I want in life?" Because, what do I want? Yeah, because it felt selfish. Have you hmm. ever experienced that? Where it's like, oh yes. Tell t- tell me tell me about this. Where does that come from? Listen, where does it come from? Oh, that's such a. I think it's a question that has so many layers to it. Um, you know, as someone that grew up as um, I grew up in the church. I'm still in the church. Um, but I grew up in the church. I feel as if, to a certain extent, we're conditioned to believe that things can't go too well, or you can't have too much success, because you know there there are people that are suffering in the world. There are things that you know if if you try to get too much. It could really, I, I, I always had this picture of, you know, um, Saul becoming king. And when he became king, then all of a sudden there was all this pride and so on. And things just started going all kind of crazy. And I always, I, I always had this thing where, man, we can't, you can't do too much to, be, I mean, you don't want to get too successful because that stuff will go to your head and then, you know, that's going to be the end of it. Um, and and for me that's that that is something that i struggle with like 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 what ha- what would happen if i do get to that level whatever that level of success is and then i become a different person there's always there's always been that fear for me of if you accomplish too much you will be different and that can be very very bad see and and i and the language is important because your belief was if i i will become someone different exactly not that i might be there's a chance there is there is a risk that i could be someone di- become someone dis- different because i agree the risk is there but, oh, yeah, but, the but, risk you, is but the language but in you said, my mind my, in my mind the risk was much greater well, you, and it was no, one of you those, didn't even say you didn't state it as risk. You said if I get this, I will become a different person. Well, for me, for me, uh, like if based on my mindset, I didn't necessarily think that I would become something different. I know that's what I said, but there was a a significant chance, and I didn't want to risk that. Right. I don't want to risk becoming one of those people. One of those people, whatever those people yeah, are. Yeah, we, we know we all know what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. So um, go ahead. And and what I found was that I, as a result of that mindset, I would intentionally hold myself back. Yeah. And I don't know if you've dealt with that, but for me, it's been that that's been a struggle. Like I don't want I I know that there is this risk that if I become too successful, I can become this other person that I don't want to become. So I will intentionally not become that person. See, now that is, I I totally understand that. And I know a lot of people who struggle with that. That one for me, by the way, I I understand the same conditioning and the same thought thought process and the the same beliefs that that there's a risk that I could change. And with the more success that I get, it could change who I am. And I don't know that I really want, but but I've, I've personally 
and 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 you know this because we just had a conversation. I've personally never had a problem with you know worrying about you know if if I achieve success, how that that none of none of that for me. But let me tell you where mine broke down. My I, coming up, growing up in the Christian background as well, I was taught. See, I never I never actually asked myself. I wonder what life would be like if I could do this because I was never, I never gave my person, mm-hmm. I never gave myself permission to even think about. Think in that direction. Because you know why? That's my needs. That's my wants. Yes. And here's what I was conditioned to believe with my background, my upbringing. I was conditioned to believe that number one, God is always first, you're last. Mm-hmm. Number two, your wife is first if you're married. And your you put your own needs be afterwards. You, you mm-hmm. come last. If you have kids, your kids' needs come first, and then you you're last. Um, if you have if you're in ministry, those that you're ministering to, you must actually you must put their needs above your own. And, mm-hmm. it, in every in every circumstance, in every situation, in every area of life. For me to succeed and feel like I'm living the life that God has called me to live, I must always be living a life where other people's needs are placed before my own. Mm. Always. That, mm. was, that, was my, that was my model of the world, my, the way that I believed. And so as a result of that, as an employee, I'm always putting the needs of the business and the work ahead of my own needs. Mm-hmm. I, ha- I had a wife. I had three young kids. I'm putting those needs first. I had clients. I had ministry. I was actually involved in official ministry position as an associate pastor. So I put that, all of those needs first. And then I had my podcasting hobby on the side, which also kind of became ministry. And yeah. the needs of those people I put first. And guess what? When you <laughs> spent, there's, I don't, I don't know if you know this, but that's, that's 40 to 60 hours a week as an insurance agent. That's about mm. 10 hours a week in full, in, in an official ministry position. That is full time being a husband, full time being a dad of three kids. Uh, that's also hundreds of thousands of people around the world listening to 30 different podcasts that I had. All of this stuff. And guess what? That's a lot of people to put their needs before my own. And as a result of that, guess what? There's only a certain number of hours in a day. And guess <laughs> whose needs was never even thought of? Mm. My own. You know, and I imagine that there are so many people around the world that deal with that. Whether it's a um, my needs don't matter or, um, uh, or, you know, if I become too successful, this is what could happen to me. And the question then becomes, in my mind, how do you get past that thing? And I, I, I would imagine that a lot of people that are listening are thinking, yeah, man, I, Cliff, I so identify with what you're, you're talking about right now because that's me. I have five kids and they take up all my time and there's no time for me. My health is going down. Everything is being affected, but I'm just pouring myself out for them. How do you cross that gap? And make it not just about you. Well, first of all, I want to encourage people to make it just about them. Ha. Explain. So, Ex- so explain. I, 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 we need to unpack that because so, so right he, now there are a lot of people that are like, "Wait, what? What?" <laughs> so, first of all, whenever you get onto a, a plane, what what's the announcement? 
They, they, you, you put on your if, yours, your mask first and yeah. if, in, in the case of emergency and then you take care of the people that are with you. That is exactly right. They, they, in, the, in the case, uh, in this situation, if we lose cabin pressure, an oxygen mask will pull down. If you're traveling with someone else, an infant or a child, please put your own oxygen mask on first before you help this helpless little child. But that's not just about you. It's also about that helpless little child. But at first, it is all about you. It is The first priority is let me make sure I have oxygen. So it That almost, is all about me. So, so that almost, I can do what? What I most want to do next, which is to protect my child. Protecting so it, my child is still all about me. It's my desire to protect my child. Oh, oh! I just saw a light so bulb I, I, go I off. Thought, no, I thought you were going in a different direction. I, I thought you were going to say, first, it's all about me. Then it becomes all about them. No, it's all. But that's not what you're I, saying. I'm saying, first, it's all about me. So that it, second, it's still all about me and what I want, which what I want is to love and serve and help other people. Okay, you you gotta um, well, you gotta unpack that a little more. All right. Well, first, well, think- first of all, let me give you a biblical premise for this. And this, my right, my, my, my my life altered radically when I had this understanding. Uh, you you know, there's this place in the Bible, this Pharisee teacher of the law, whatever, comes up and and is questioning Jesus, trying to catch him in a catch twenty two. Right? He says, "Teacher, tell us what is the greatest commandment of all?" Mm-hmm. And what does Jesus say? The greatest command of all, commandment of all is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and understanding, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. He says the second is just like it. And what does he say? The second commandment, which is like equal to loving God. So basically, there, it, it's, it's a tie for first place is what he's saying. <laughs> okay. Tie for first place. Love God and equally important love yourself <laughs> okay but, so, so wait but a doesn't second doesn't it say doesn't it say love others like you love yourself that was so so that was the, the i was waiting for that so it does <laughs> it actually says okay love the lord your god and then the second commandment is is equally important he says listen love others as you love yourself with the assumption that you are spending time loving, loving yourself. yourself. Yeah, definitely. But then there's the love others as but it, you no, love yourself. But 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 how he 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 he's basically saying you can't love others mm-hmm. unless you have first love. You can't love others the way I'm telling you to love them. Unless you are first loving yourself. The second commandment, love others as you have loved yourself. So think about this. What does it mean to love others? It means to give to them, to be mm-hmm. sacri- to, to, to devote time, to devote effort, to devote energy to, to their health, their, their, their well-being and all of those other things, right? Yeah. Well, Love yourself first. And it's not until you love yourself that, that you, can you can fully, actually fully 
love others. That's exactly what I'm saying. So, gotcha. so when I think about 2007 Cliff Ravenscraft, here I was. I was serving people. I was helping people and all of this other stuff. But here, the reality is, Leslie, I was not loving myself. Mm. I actually did not love myself. I almost kind of, re, you know, I, I almost hated myself in some ways. You know, I, I felt down upon myself. It's like I've let myself go physically. I feel unhealthy. I'm oftentimes overstressed. I overeat emotionally uh, for emotional reasons. Um, I do all these things. But, man, I'll tell you what. The one way I can still feel good about myself, the one way that I feel good about myself is so sacrificially giving all of me to everyone else. Mm-hmm. But that was killing me. Gotcha. And I and I will tell you, in all those things, I'm not saying that there wasn't good that was done. I know that by serving, I did good things and it had a positive impact in people's lives. But it was not the fullness that I could have given to them. Definitely. So, you know, what's interesting about that is I come from a, a somewhat slightly different perspective uh, because for me, I found that that in order for me to be really, you know, to throw myself into something like gung-ho, I'm all the way in, it's easier for me to do that if it's about someone else than it is than if it's about me first. What what makes it that, easier? This the, this, what makes it easier? It's just part of my personality. Like, like if I have to, if I have to, if I have to, you know, fight off someone that's coming against okay no let's put it this way if for example i am stuck in a foreign country and i don't have much food to eat i don't have much money or anything of that sort i feel like i'm gonna be all right not a big deal but if my son is there with me oh i'm gonna fight like like never before that's just the kind of person that i am um to the point where you know i go to the gym every weekday and I spend a significant amount of time doing that. And it's almost as if, well, it is for me, but it's for me so that I can serve them. Yes. Uh, that's and exactly I can do what them longer. Yeah, no, I know. But the difference is your focus in the way you're saying it. And this is what I want to unpack. Your focus in the way you're saying it, it's for you. But my focus in the way that I say it and the way I do it is for them. They are why I do this. This is why I take care of myself because quite frankly, I almost feel like, yeah, I could get by on anything. If I don't have a lot of money, if I don't, if I'm not able to buy this and so on, I'll be all right. But when I think about my kids, when I think about my wife, when I think about the people that I'm able to impact, that drives me more than thinking about myself. Yeah, I, I, I think that I probably went a stretched tad too far in the earliest part of this conversation of, of the, you know, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the oxygen mast, and, and especially when I said, well, no, it, it, I do it for me, because why? Because me wants to protect my child, because I, I love yeah, my yeah, child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the same, I, we're saying the same thing, but I think, I, think I, so. I, I was trying to go so, I was trying to stretch <laughs> people's belief system so far that I think I may have broken the rubber band, if you know what I'm saying. Gotcha, gotcha, so, gotcha. But yeah, I mean, but here's the thing. We all, we all do what we do because what we feel compelled to do about who we are. And we do what we do because, well, number there's two reasons. What Number one, 
we we do what we do because well we believe that what we're doing will help us avoid pain in some way or we or we believe that what we're doing is going to help us gain some sort of pleasure so basically by your desire to fight for your kid you're so hardwired in a way that protecting your son gives you pleasurable feelings and emotions yes. and purpose and fulfillment and and stuff like that and that's what makes that's what makes you who you are but in in essence I mean, we could stretch it to say the fact that you want to protect your son is so that you'll actually feel those good feelings. It makes me feel good, right? <laughs> yeah. So I know that that's a super far stretch, and then it yeah. does make it sound like, well, everything's all about us, and that's not the point that I'm trying to make. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. But you know, when I think about all of this, the the entire conversation, for me, what it comes down to is this: we've all we all have our unique abilities. We have our strengths. We have our gifts and it doesn't make any sense to take those strengths, those abilities, those gifts and just kind of hoard them like, yeah, OK, so I'm j- OK, I know how to do this. That's it. Why not use that to impact the lives of others? Why not use that to build others up? Why not? Why not use that to build a business, one that you will enjoy, one that, you know, you don't have to be on Fridays like, oh, thank God I don't have to continue doing this thing anymore. I could take a day or two off. Why not live in that space where you are doing the thing that you are love, that you love, having the impact that you want to have and basically changing the world? Yeah, and get, I, and getting paid extremely well to do it, and also let's just throw this one in there: have okay. lots of extra margin in your life so that you have time to put your own oxygen mask on first. Which is basically, by the way, spending that time working out physically, taking care yep. of your body, eating the right foods, uh, having the financial margin to afford the healthier stuff. Um, having the time and margin in your life to, if you're married, to invest in regular, consistent time out of the house away from the kids with your wife or your husband if, the, if you're married. Um, kids, you know, investing in them and, and being able to say, hey, let, let me be a, play an active role in the developmental mindset of what my kids believe about this world and what's possible and what they can do and how to do it. Uh, to, man, the, the thing is, is, that goes to that question is, are you willing to dream of a life where, quote unquote, you could have it all? Hmm. You know, I, I think about the evolution that I've gone through over the last, it hasn't even been that long, but let's say over the last decade of my life, from where I was to where I am now, and I think about the job that I had and teaching at the university and all that stuff, and then I think about what I, where I'm at right now, not saying that I am where I want to be because I'll never be where exactly where I want to be. There's always room for growth. But when I think about, you know, the impact that I'm able to have on the lives of my kids, because I'm actually able to be there now in ways that I was never able to be because I decided that, you know what, this is what I want. And while the other stuff and the PhDs and all this stuff might sound good, I don't really care about that. This is the life that I want to live, and this is what I am going for. And yeah, there'll be some hiccups along the way, but I'm gonna come. I'm gonna keep pushing, and it's not gonna look the way that everyone thinks it should look, and that's 
okay. Leslie, real quickly, I w- there's a lot of people who have recently started listening to my show within the last six to 12 months. And so they don't know the fact that you've been on here many times in the past, told your full story and had an yeah. entire hour where we talk about your story. I don't want to do the whole hour conversation, but I would love to have a three minute Reader's Digest version of Leslie Samuel, the guy who had a dream, told that he couldn't do it, created a blog, uh, YouTube channel, did that. Give me the three to five minute Reader's Digest version real quick for people to hear what your journey's been up to this point. So this is how it goes. I, I I went to school for biology. I did a master's in neurobiology with the plans of going on for a PhD so that I, bec- I can become a university professor. As I mentioned earlier, I love teaching. That's what excites me. That, that is where I shine. Uh, so I, I was doing my master's degree and then I realized something. I absolutely hated the research and I couldn't see myself going on for a PhD in this stuff. So I gave up on a PhD, gave up on the dream of being a university professor and started teaching at a high school was teaching science and math then i started hearing about you know people making money on the internet so i decided to dive in a little bit wet my feet i learned about blogging and i was teaching people some of the things that i was learning back then about building a business online and then i decided wait a minute i was passionate about this biology university professor thing what if i were to just teach exactly what i wanted to teach from my blog with no PhD. And that's what I did. I started a biology blog. It was called Interactive Biology. It grew relatively quickly. Next thing you know, tens of thousands and then 100,000 people visiting it in a month. Um, And as a result of that blog, I landed a job as a university professor in a doctoral program. I did that for three years while doing the blog on the side. Uh, And then I realized, man, I'm just running around like a crazy person working on this job, working on a PhD because that was a requirement trying to build my business and I had absolutely no time for my family. Had a conversation with my wife. We decided, you know what, it's time to make a big shift. And that big shift was to leave the job to do my blogging business full time. And it was something that freaked me out, but it was something that we felt called to do. So I took that leap of faith. My family, my wife and I, we decided to take that leap. And I've, I've been working on my business ever since. That was 2014. And today I'm living a life where, you know, my business is making more than I've ever made at any job, quite frankly. I'm able to, to take care of my family. Um, And I'm able to spend more time with my family, the family that's here, my family that's in St. Martin, my wife's family that's in the Bahamas. It just gives me so much more freedom than I've ever had before. So that's my journey kind of in a nutshell. There you go, my friends. I just wanted to hear that. That was the best Reader's Digest version of the story. (laughs) Man, there's so much. Again, we've unpacked that in the past in in prior episodes, but you gave all the highlights that I think that are essential out of that story. I know you've been interviewed hundreds of times and told the story, so I I knew you would be able to pull it off. But for those people who are listening who have never heard of Leslie before or you've only heard me mention him every now and then when I talk about the members of my Green Room Mastermind, um, I wanted to take this opportunity in this episode to introduce you to Leslie. And there's no question that now here about 46 minutes into this episode, you now fully understand why Leslie has been invited to come and speak 
at the Free the Dream conference. He has so much in his story that he's experienced that, and and he's had so many mental mindset shifts. <laughs> that, still having them, <laughs> and he's still having them. As, as am I. Yep. As am I. I mean, anybody who's been following my journey since September of last year is like, whoa, <laughs> what the heck happened to Cliff Ravenscraft? And I'm like, whoa, what the <laughs> Dude, I, I look at myself in the mirror and sometimes yep. I'm like, who is that guy in the mirror? And yeah, man. It, it's crazy. So, but man, I'm super excited that you're going to be speaking. The topic, just real quickly, tell people what the topic is for your talk. The topic of my talk is the injustice, and I'm going to say that word again, the injustice of playing it safe. And it's kind of sharing my story, but from a perspective of how can we learn to, 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 to ditch this habit of trying to play it safe with what we're trying to accomplish in life, whether it's your job or your, 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 your family, your marriage, whatever the case might be. How can we make sure that we are stepping outside our comfort zone to accomplish all that we are called to accomplish? That's exactly right. And of course, that's the primary heartbeat of this entire conference, Free the Dream. Come and check it out. And not only will you get to hear Leslie's 45-minute talk that is going to absolutely radically help you think about things in a completely different way, uh, Leslie has an energy force unlike anyone else <laughs> an energy force i like that <laughs> i will use the word charisma about oh, him oh man and knowing this about leslie and i've seen him on big stages before and i'm like leslie would you please do me the honor would you consider being the mc for my event so you will you if you come to franklin tennessee on september 7th 8th and 9th you will get to see a lot of leslie samuel and i promise you you will be full of energy and enthusiasm all weekend long oh man i am so dude i am so excited about this uh, because I, you know i've been follow obviously i've been following along on your journey and i've seen where how you've grown over the last few years especially when it comes to mindset. And I know what your heart is for this event. And man, I am super pumped because this, quite frankly, is the message that the world needs to hear. Absolutely. Well, guys, go ahead and head over to freethedream.live. Freethedream.live. You can read all of the information about the event over there on the sales page. But do us a favor. Do yourself a favor. Love yourself by reserving your seat today. Reserve your seat today. It is time to let free that dream. It doesn't matter if you still have the day job and you're just starting to think, I wonder what it is I could even do. I don't even have a dream. Come, I promise you the dream is there. We talked about it with John C. Morgan. It's that glowing ember. You may not realize it. We're gonna put you into an oxygen-rich environment that is going to make that glowing ember fan itself right back into a flame if that's where you need to be. Some of you are as far along in your journey as myself and Leslie, and you've heard us both say to you here today, we are still having major mindset shifts that are radically and profoundly impacting the way that we're able to show up in the world. And so even if you're all the way as advanced as we are as far as how far you are into this journey of living fully alive, pursuing the dream, uh, living the life for which you're created, come to free the dream. I promise you, 
including myself, Steph, uh, Leslie, all of the speakers, everyone, we are all going to learn just as much as you do at Free the Dream. Head over to freethedream.live. Leslie, thank you so much for showing up in this world the way that you do, brother. Thank you, man.